Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Pride Has Spoken, Episode 4. My name is Matt Scott, and my pronouns are he, him, and I am thrilled to be back for a very special edition of The Pride Has Spoken. Obviously, you have heard wonderful interviews from Dr. Evie Jagoda with a number of Survivor players. This series is all about celebrating Survivor's But this episode's a little bit different because we're going to talk about the fan perspective. We've heard from a number of fans on social media over the course of this podcast series. Thank you so much, everybody, for that, for using hashtag the pride has spoken and all of that. And I I think it's been awesome that we've been able to show that queer people are fans of survivor and that we're here and that we're loud and we're proud and that's what this is about so over the course of our time today you'll hear from a number of podcasters and fans of survivor talking about the show talking about um survivor and lgbtqia plus community about early season representation lesbian representation more diverse representation beyond all that and the future of survivor um this is definitely a first of its kind podcast and i'm excited to be diving in of course with the one the only grace leader grace how's it going today i'm good i am excited to be here i've been looking forward to this one mostly because when we were talking about planning the pride is spoken one thing that i had in my mind is i wanted to be on a on a on a call with as many queer podcasters as possible Mm -hmm. and i've done it Look at how many of us there are here today. Look at them. 
I did it. I wrangled them all. Yes. <laughs> and if you're not if you're not watching the video version, you can on YouTube at the Rob has a podcast, YouTube, Rob has a website.com slash YouTube. And uh back to you, Grace, about the other uh, other things that people should know. Uh yes. Well, first I, I you did introduce me. My pronouns are she her. Um uh, people should buy the Pride is Spoken merchandise because uh we are very excited. We have this great logo. I'm actually wearing my shirt today. Uh uh, thanks to Tricky for, for drafting up this logo. Uh, it's available in the Rob is a Podcast merch store and all the proceeds go towards Gender Benders, a charity uh, that supports uh, uh, transgender and gender nonconforming people in the southern United States through education, advocacy and uh, financial support. They also run a summer camp called Camp GB. Camp is uh, near and dear to my heart, so I think that's very exciting. We're like nearing $1,000 uh, there, yeah. so uh, go out if you haven't bought one. Make sure you go get one. Um, and uh, yeah, it's great. Great cause. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be with uh, all these lovely folks here today, man. I know. I need to get a few more a few more shirts, by My the way. Mug, help us reach the goal. And it's in seven different colors. Roy G. All the colors. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Represent that rainbow. Uh, mm -hmm. Buy at least seven shirts. All of the above. But speaking of uh, people wearing shirts, we have a lot of amazing <laughs> queer podcasters here. Um, and you know what? Let's just go around. I want to ask each of them to introduce themselves and you know who they are, their pronouns, where you might know them from, and um, what just Survivor has means to them in you know as part of the LGBT. QIA plus community, but I want to start with Ariel. Hello there. Hey. Uh, yeah, so my name is Ariel. My pronouns are he and him. Um, gosh, Survivor. I started watching Survivor in 2020 um, and I watched all 40 seasons. I had never seen any of it. My best friend is like a day one diehard mm -hmm. and uh, I watched 40 seasons in about 33 weeks. I went back at some point and I like did the math, which scared me a little bit. Um, but uh, it was an incredible ride. And obviously, like my, I just experienced my first two seasons live, which was really exciting. Um, and it was really, I mean, I had the benefit of watching, you know, all 40 seasons, uh, like quote unquote, in current under uh, through the current lens of like, you know, where we are as a culture now. So it was interesting to like, trace certain things and see certain very unfortunate things, but also see some very lovely, right. amazing, uh, groundbreaking moments. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing ride. And I can literally say that my life is different because I started watching survivor because then I got involved in post show recaps, which is where I podcast. I do movie coverage with grace and some other TV coverage. Um, so yeah, this has been amazing. Survivor literally changed my life and I'm so grateful. And we're grateful that you're here. And I'm going to, and speaking of someone else who's here, April, April, do you want to introduce yourself and tell the people who you are, what you're up to and why Survivor fits in with your journey? Yeah, my name is uh, April Windsor. You may have also heard me as Evan. That's another name I use sometimes. And my pronouns are they and them. Um, I've been watching Survivor since the second episode uh, fun story. I was supposed to watch it the first episode. I was a kid at the time. And like, I was sent to time out and my dad was supposed to get me out, but uh, I guess they didn't know. So anyway, I was in time out for the first episode. But from the second episode that was on. The first ever Exile Island, I think. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I fought my way back and now I'm here. I watched, uh, you know, ever since then, I've been watching weekly. Um, and around season 30, I started podcasting on a podcast called Outwit, Outpod, Outcast with my sister. And we did that for many years. Um, and now I'm here and I sometimes podcast um, mostly on the Hot Dummies feed is where you're most likely to see me. But I'll I'll pop up from place to place from time to time. So awesome. Thank you. And Felipe. Howdy. What's up, Alphabet Mafia? Um, uh, my name is Felipe. He, him. Uh, I also started on a second episode, uh, episode two of One World, gripping television for me. Uh, but mm. I was hooked. I binged the entire series up to that point within a year. Um, and yeah, I. I'm another person who pops around every once in a while on an RHEP post show recaps podcast. Mainly, uh, you might know me from the Brazilian Dragon podcast, where I talk about uh, 2000s Disney Channel Nickelodeon kind of content, um, including a podcast with another one of these people on the call. Uh, but yeah, excited to be here. And um, you, you made a reference to her, but Naomi. Oh my God. I'm so excited to be talked about before I even get a chance to speak. Thank you so much. No, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, my name is Naomi. My pronouns are she, her, uh, Felipe and I do a podcast together on Felipe's network, but you might know me from Chappelle just tweeting my name at like two in the morning, or you might also know me from my podcast called Mike White was robbed, which is about hot survivor takes and, uh, opinions that piss off your survivor group chat. Um, and you know, this is a season. Pride is a season all about celebrating uh, queer love, but I got a subscriber because my bisexual boyfriend broke up with me, and then I started binging the absolute F out of the show, um, and I just love it so much. I'm also bisexual, I should clarify. It's not just like I'm blaming, you know, the LGBT community for it, you know, <laughs> but uh, I'm so excited right. to be here. I've been watching Survivor since uh, adulthood. I was not a child uh, who watched Survivor. I was like home makeover family. Um, and then I think I've really transitioned into adulthood as, as a, an actual survivor fan. And I love it so much. And this show, like Ariel said, means so much to me, the friends I've made and the people I've met. And I am just so happy to be here talking with some of the amazing people I've met through the survivor community. Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to clip here because you, you almost said I, I, I'm not, a, I wasn't a child. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fun I fact almost, about Naomi. No, Naomi didn't wow. know that. Just straight up born oh my an gosh. adult. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I actually reversed Benjamin Button, but I'm not going back. <laughs> That's right. Oh my god. And by the way, Naomi, um, uh, maybe it's too late as opposed to too soon, but sorry about your breakup. Um, <laughs> and Aaron. <laughs> Hello. Um, I'm also a bisexual here. I'm Aaron Robertson. Uh, I'm he him. Um, and. Yeah, you well, I've I've kind of been around here since 2011, starting with mm. the theme for the freaking five. Um, and I've done various shows and podcasts, uh, being a correspondent for Survivor Philippines. And uh, I was the uh, I call myself the proto Chappelle because uh -huh. I did a series uh, in 2014 called uh, The Rise and Fall, where we looked at old TV shows and what, um, went wrong with them so uh and now yeah i'm i'm kind of working remote at home so i'm 
you know, if anybody wants to podcast about anything, I will, you can <laughs> pull me in there. I will do it. I will join you. I will talk about whatever it is. Um, with and, and you know what? I've got my grape, natural grape water. So I'm ready to talk some uh, <laughs> Survivor and pride and things. Um, yeah, my, my journey with Survivor started in 2005. Um, where I caught Survivor Guatemala um, pretty much like halfway through during the merge. And now um, I see why you do wand offs with Jordan Kalish. <laughs> <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> yeah, the connection was just it yeah. was just cemented yeah. from mm-hmm. from that moment on. Yeah. Um yeah, uh and because of a survivor that we will be talking about, Ooh. um that is why I ended up continuing to watch um Survivor to to this day and I got all the Barnes and Noble DVDs of or from FYE of Survivor that I could find. Back. And I have a collection at my house now, but now it's available on various streaming services. So at least there's that. Awesome. And thank it's been great. It's great hearing from everybody. And you know, it's it's always interesting because like we haven't talked about our like our roles in this community and how what it's kind of meant for us as LGBTQIA plus people um and yeah it's it's i guess that's kind of what this is about but grace do you kind of want to lead the way as we talk about this community yeah i mean i think a thing that we're seeing met on like twitter all the time is people being like uh that this survivor has always sort of had a place in the queer community it feels like i mean we could chat about season one being won by a, a gay man in richard hatch uh his relationship with rudy being perhaps the best uh example of sort of like uh the the experiment that is 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 survivor the social experiment of like having to live um and and strategize and and work with um with people that you normally wouldn't interact with in your everyday life and rudy sort of being like uh you know becoming friends with richard hatch being like the most one of the most unique things i think on television at the time it's like survivor becomes this huge breakout phenomenon that is still going on today um and like i think we'll talk today about like how that representation has changed to be more inclusive and and opened uh certainly you know who is on the show and who is representing people is is become much more broader much more inclusive but from the beginning it has been a part of the show and whether it's been like stereotyped or whatnot but um i am still sort of interested in like why that is is it just you know uh that there are the show has cast uh, queer people uh in almost every season of the show I, i'm not sure i'd have to fact check that whether there's been a, sh- a season without somebody um uh at least every season it's somebody who's who's out um right. and yeah i'm like super intrigued by that as a concept or is it more than that or is there something about the show as a concept um in that is it the strategy or the social experiment of a show the way it can feel like it's very othering um i'm intrigued i know like uh, uh naomi and your uh sort of we did these like sort of pre-podcast um uh surveys to get like a sense of what people might want to chat about today and i think you like uh gave me some insight and you were like you you broadened up the idea of like it's not survivor it's like reality tv is very queer uh and has been since it's like inception um like ariel you talked about how you think that like where people can relate to like 
healing over their trauma which is a thing that like when you're like out in the outdoors it's very like emotional you're hungry uh you know you're going through this like traumatic experience and how like could that be uh one of the things so i'm like super intrigued to have a conversation maybe we could start with like you know everyone said like how they got into the show but i'm interested like what has uh i mean all of you folks are people who not only are you fans of the show uh and whether you're like the most avid fan at the moment because of you know production you know has you know is survivor is what it is we all uh, what we could chat through some of that uh for good and for bad um but like why we're all podcasters and like podcasts about this thing we we feel like it's worth talking about and we want to talk about it with other people um i'm super interested in like survivor being a thing that there are so many queer uh fans i don't know matt do you have thoughts on 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 that as like a starting place for today's conversation yeah and i i like what you said even just about the um, really what's been an evolution of not only Survivor, but also of reality TV and even just more broadly of like queer representation of queer life. Like it hasn't been that long in the U.S. since we've had gay marriage, like believe it or not. And it's like these are all things that are happening in our lifetime. We're still like fighting lots of different bills and laws and things trying to limit limit kind of who we are and how we show up. And so um, I think that this is a really important conversation for that reason. But, you know, in thinking about like what it is about this show, I mean, it's hard for me to say, and I'm really curious to hear from our guests because one thing that is interesting is that along the way, and um, I believe, what, and I think uh, some of our other uh, other guests here could speak to this, but apparently 32 out of 42 seasons have had an openly LGBTQ plus representative. Thank you, Felipe, for that. Um, and so, you know, we've, we've seen that representation, but it's looked different along the way. And if we look at reality TV more broadly, even beyond Survivor, Sometimes it's insanely painful. Like, why am I watching this thing where someone who's representing me um, is being shown the way that they are or where where fans who might be not queer are getting the idea that this is what like being gay or bisexual or lesbian or like whoever, whatever that identity might be, what that is. And so I think that that question that you ask about, like, why this is a thing is an even bigger question when we realize that. A lot of representation, especially early on, um, but it, I mean, at different points in general, has just been kind of rough for us. And so I don't know if, if um, you know, kind of if anyone has thoughts on that question of like why we're here and why we're still fans and why we're tuned in. But like maybe I would I would even throw it over to um, to April as like, you know, as a fan who's been tuned in for so long, like what has this show meant for for you and, and being part of the community meant for you? Yeah, well, for me, I've always had a thing for the underdogs just mm-hmm. in general. Um, and I feel like reality TV, it does a great sense of that. Um, the The people who maybe aren't fitting in, who have to work harder than other people to form those bonds. Uh, you know, it, reality TV hasn't always had, you know, like trans people that look like me, but they have always had people who have had h- different walks of life. And there's always people who are having to go through different struggles than the people that are around. And so even before I was seeing people that like were good representation of me, reality TV has always had 
underdogs and usually rootable underdogs. And I feel like from the beginning, that's been something that has been has really resonated with me as a queer person. Well, that's uh, that's like I've, that's yeah, I've didn't think about it that way. That's such like a. No. I think it's so poignant to think that like, yeah, I I might as I think like there's this thing where like as queer people, um, somebody was telling me the other day about this movie, and they were like, "This is a trans analogy, right?" And I was like, "I guess you could view it as a trans analogy." I really wish we had like more blatant trans analogies. Like, can't you just make like a trans movie? And my point there is like, I think that like for many years we we're like, unfortunately, as queer people like look for representation where we can find it. I've always been fascinated by this idea of like a Judy Garland being like a queer icon. I know like I'm way off the beaten path here about Survivor. So it's like, they talked about Judy Garland. But like to me, Judy Garland, who's just this like cis straight woman being a queer icon is because like queer people are just like, I just need something. <laughs> just give me yeah. a morsel. And I think it's like such a good point to think that like, yeah, the being the other, the, being the other person, the other person being the underdog, a story in society, it's just in, in a game is a reflection of how queer people can be underdogs other in regular society. It's a really good point. Naomi, I'd love to like, for you to check, you talked about like, it's not just Survivor. For you, it's like, right. this has been like embedded into reality culture oh, wow. since we, yeah. since it has started. It's crazy. So I, I watched Survivor as, an, I started watching in my 20s, um, and shocker, I'm still in my 20s, but I started watching it a couple of years ago, but when I was a kid, I was obsessed with reality TV. It was just shows that weren't Survivor. And I can think of like, Caitlin from the challenge slash the real world, um, mm. all of the amazing LGBTQ contestants on Project Runway and Top Chef, like Dave and Tiffany and Chris March, all these people who, uh, for me, oh, Kim from America's Sex Top Model, like people who I watched and had no knowledge. Like, sure, I grew up in like suburban New York and like we were, you know, in high school, counter protesting the Westboro Baptist Church because they were protesting at Vassar College. But at the same time, like to see two women kiss was on reality television. It was not on TV. I was not watching like, you know, Ellen's sitcom because I think that came out before I was even a child. Uh, mm -hmm. But this is all to say that, like, I remember my very first experiences with queer people being from reality television. And I think that's because you you can't put somebody on TV and not sort of show who they are. If they are a gay person, they will say that they are a gay person. And it is important to their identity and the art that they create specifically. I think a lot about Project Runway and Top Chef, the art that they're producing. And to me, it was amazing. And like, it's the window that I kind of always needed. And then to see it all reflected in Survivor was really fun, I think, as an adult and to really hear their stories. But I also think that for so long, especially like gay men and gay women were put into the box of like, well, you're catty and you're like kind yeah. of a bitch and that sucks. And it is very, very prominent in early 2000s TV. And I think on Survivor and I think in, in every one of these shows. And it's wonderful to see how we can go from that less than fun representation to getting to watch Hyde and Romeo talk on the beach about how impactful this interaction is to them. And, and so things have changed over time, but will always they are my veterans you know they are the people that i admire the most for being on tv in, in the early 2000s 
Felipe, I'd nothing. love to, to cut to you. Just uh, you talked about how that Survivor is a game, and you you use Richard and Rudy as the example. Uh, and I, I talked about them being, you know, uh, an example of like this like fascinating thing that we all watched. I think for some people, people watch that as like uh, most people watching the show are straight people, and there's a way in which like media can often feel sometimes for us queer people like it's made for straight people. Like, what's the way? I mean, we'll talk about like as the evolution of like representation that it feels like what's the palatable way to get like queer people on TV. Um, I think Richard and Rudy is kind of an example of that, even if it's like one of the most unique relationships, but you talk about how in the, in the survey about how um, really this, what like survivor can do is, is uh, yes, you could like be on the show as a queer people, as a queer person, but then the, the way that the game is designed means you have to get to like, you know, that you're stuck on an Island with someone, it breaks down the barriers just from the game mechanic, but also from the way the game is played over the course of 39 days, now 26, that like uh, you're able to see people more than the way you would see them on a, on a sitcom or the way you would see them in the news. You actually like have to live with this person um, and you're able to break down barriers. You like a little bit more about that. Yeah. um, Quickly, just to add on to Naomi's point, like American Idol for me, like I grew up with the seasons, uh, David Archuleta season and Adam Lambert season. And while neither of them were out on the show, it was like an aspect of like, them performing and like like that resonated with me and those were examples that i wanted to add about early reality tv um but i think another example besides richard and rudy is um sarah lacina and zeke's relationship on game changers because even in that awful tribal council um she talked about how like she just knows zeke as zeke and she had no idea and now she is learning um through getting to know zeke and I also think about Bunky and Kent on Big Brother, which is not um, is not a Big Brother podcast today, but they that's one that I think was very palatable for straight people because they were in the eyes of Kent, who was very homophobic when he walked in, but then he got to know Bunky. And as far as I know, until the day Kent died, they were still good friends, um, parts of each other's lives. Um, wow. So yeah, so it's just since you're stuck there, you have no choice but to learn about them. Even in the early iterations of the game where it wasn't as strategy focused, you still had like, you had nothing to do, but get to talk and really break down those walls and preconceptions that people might have about any marginalized community, not just queer people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Cause like even thinking about that, there are so many different aspects and like points that have come up already in this conversation um, from like what you were saying, April, which I think is like just this deep point about like these, like we're, I, I, and actually I think everyone's kind of hitting on it, which is that like these shows are more than just shows. And like, even I love what Grace, you were talking about with the fact that like, Hey, well, like our, representation might not even be queer people at times on these shows. And, you know, something that just comes to mind for me in all of this, um, and you just remind me of this, Felipe, and talking about the experience on the island is that, you know, for a lot of queer people, um, you know, like every day is like Survivor. And every day can be like Survivor, where it's like I'm fighting for my life to literally or figuratively to be here and to take up space and to win at the end of the day and to not be outcast or voted out and to like socially succeed to outwit outplay and and outlast in everyday life and so like it's interesting that over time we've all had to like look at these shows and find a way to see ourselves and connect um and also like the other thing that comes to mind 
it's just like the um uh, the fact that the representation has gotten better. So we will talk about the evolution of the representation, but it's it's deep. It matters. And I, I think that that's like the thing that's already coming up in this conversation when thinking about Survivor and the LGBT um, QIA plus community. I just, I mean, Aaron, you, I, we're going to talk about like Rafe yeah. as a whole, but I think like this idea that like, I think for like you were talking about like, yeah, trying to find it where we can, but like the fact that you did turn on an episode of Survivor Guatemala and you see presumably who I, I think you're talking about is, is Rafe and seeing him on TV and actually like, again, I think to um, Naomi's point as well is like, it is a real queer person. I am watching them. They're like, they've said that they're gay or I know that they're gay, you know, like, that's that's real that's like you know you know not imagine like uh could you like talk about like just like you know finding this thing that you like the show is great but also like the the person that you then like connect to <laughs> immediately they were like please don't talk about rafe uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm just trying to figure out what in the world just happened Okay, I was not the only person who heard that. A right? whistle okay. or no. a lock in the background <laughs> of it. As soon as he turned on the mic, so. I was like, "Oh yeah. no!" I was like, "What is yeah, that?" That's like a back to work whistle. Like, oh so my sorry. goodness! <laughs> okay, that. Ariel, I love I love the point that you made in in sort of the stuff we were chatting about before about how like you feel like it's very relatable to like be queer and and be and go through trauma and heal and yeah. try to like navigate through yeah. that i think there is this like piece of survivor that can be very much like uh y- you know you might just get blindsided uh by someone mm-hmm. and you and and you need to act in a way that like is respectable and like and like mm. you're playing with uh, no pun intended, like grace that like you and i feel yeah. like that's the same way of like there's a way many ways in society that like we are as queer people like get discriminated against but it's like well, you can, if you fight back, like you're throwing a temper tantrum, you're creating conflict. You know, for me, yes. somebody misgendering me, using the wrong pronouns, and then I feel like if I correct them, then I'm creating a problem. You know, even though the person yes. is like intentionally misgendering. So, like, I feel like it's a very poignant point to talk about, like the way in which like you have to navigate the game of Survivor is similar to the way you might have to navigate the real world as like a queer person. Yeah, absolutely. And like, it's it struck me so powerfully just before when you were talking about like survivor the game just being like mirroring life for a lot of people not just queer people but obviously queer people specifically here and like it is like you just said it's you know we're all playing the game quote unquote right in real life we're all going through our lives but the rules don't apply to everyone the same um in certain cases we especially as we have seen in culture you know in the last few years and then the onus is on us as quote unquote players to call these things out or do something about it because the game makers or the government or society or whoever, you know, doesn't do it, doesn't do the right thing or doesn't, or there aren't laws in place like protect things. And uh, I think that's so fascinating Uh, to the, to the point about trauma healing specifically. This is why I like one of my favorite things while watching, as I said, I disgustingly binge so quickly, but whatever it was 2020, what were we doing? Um, the the Ponderosa piece of it was so important to me emotionally because to me it was like the other side. It was the healing from the trauma because everyone would, you know, and obviously there were instances where people didn't get along even in Ponderosa. But for the most part, it was a very healing, beautiful experience where people were talking about everything they learned, right? Maybe like the therapy component, if we're keeping like these analogies of like between our lives and, and, uh, and like survivor, like looking back at your behavior and looking back at how you, uh, spoke to or reacted to things that happened in the game. 
like I always cried like the same way that I always cried during family visits. I always cried during Ponderosa because it was so beautiful. I mean, it was also like a quick eight minute package that they edited very, very beautifully. But um, I, I just loved that piece of it. And I genuinely just miss it so much now that seemingly it may be gone, although we obviously don't know. Yeah, I mean, the family visit thing is so interesting. I think we could chat about at some point there. But like in the same way that like for me, probably in some way, like, I, I don't know how true this is, but like, I lived in like a very rural conservative area of like Canada, like outside of Toronto. And like, I feel like there wasn't like queer people in my life, or at least that I like knew of so blatantly. And so not only was just like being able to see like Richard Hatch be openly, it was like, oh, okay. And then like later on, we start to get like family visits where it's like, you know, a partner comes out or like, a, you know, a Amy, Amy talked on the podcast about like, the kiss on the seat, which like unfortunately was only aired in like the trailer. Uh, but worry. like, we'll get know, there. Yeah. I'll, but, like, I'll, that, we'll get to me talking about this. But like seeing like, not for me, I talk about like the, the moment that meant them has meant the most to me. I think in like, forever is like, you know, Zeke's dad coming out and just like giving him love right. and seeing that, like you can love a queer person was like so important. Uh, for for me so like i mean it's so silly to say i hope like people know by now like four episodes into the series that like we believe representation matters that like it's important yeah. to just like be able to see ourselves uh on tv um but uh aaron i'll throw it back to you i i was in my parents bedroom when i was watching survivor for the first time and seeing rafe on screen and i think maybe i was too young at the time to really realize why I was so drawn to Rafe. I think I only realized it more now that I was, was older, but um, I think it was not only he being who he was, but also um, such a strategic person as well. I think often in, uh, you know, growing up and watching queer media, a lot of it was um, very, um, shame based or the stories that you would see on tv was there was always this sort of taboo thing that you should never delve into and that's really the only kinds of stories that you really saw you didn't really see any you know stories of us taking control of our own lives and our own um actions and and really making changes on our own end and so i think that's a big part of why i was um grew to love survivor and keep with it over the years was this ability to see situations where people in real society may not have this chance come into the show are who they are and are able to take control and do things of their own volition and make changes sometimes even win and um you know, there's when I think back on, on a lot of the the players, uh, queer players throughout history, a lot of them are also strategists. And it was really cool to to see them all get to not only be themselves, um, but also, you know, show us their their minds and and their their way of thinking and their way of being able to connect with people and, and enact their own changes. 
I think that there's something to that though, in the sense of if I think about these like people from the very early seasons, and we're gonna we'll we'll segue into that in in a bit of like the show did seem to cast these like hyper strategic uh, gay men mostly uh, in these early seasons. Talking about winning, you know, you think I, for me, I think like Richard and Todd are like the of the the best examples of like just because they won, but I think you could throw Rafe in there um, as well. And to me, I think that like to the point era you were making about like. Uh, how we like sort of navigate life. I do think that there's a lot of ways in which like this, I, I think of the way the, the this is, sounds weird, but like the skills I have because I'm, I'm queer uh, totally. because of the way I like have to like be more mindful of like an observant when I enter a room about like, how am I going to be safe? Who am I going to interact with? How am I, go- what, what am I going to say? How am I going to act? How, and, you know, how am I going to like shift my personality slightly in one situation versus another is like a skill that I think definitely ends up like coming in handy in a game like survivor where you end up with one group of people and you have to be like, and essentially I think, we've all lied about who we are to somebody and and to, to somebody at some point in our life right we're like maybe a little bit better <laughs> than other people because for our own safety we 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 choose to to lie uh for a long time even once we like know we're queer uh it's not like you just turn the switch and you're like oh well now i have to tell everybody you know <laughs> like it's like yeah. you're, you're like no <laughs> who do i tell when do i do it safely all of these things that i think is like interestingly like these are, this is a skill set that I think queer people have and not that we're, you can just paint us with a broad brush because it's not, we're not, you know, a monolith, but there's ways in which like because our society, how our society treats queer people and has treated queer people, that it's actually like you develop skills that become useful, um, in survivor, uh, and the best players, the best people who like know how to do that can do that at the like ex- expense of like, being othered like in the way that like I think Bryce speaks really eloquently about like yeah. how immediately he was othered in his season. And like, even if he had the skill set, he like actually just wasn't given the chance to like prove that he could like push past that. I just, before we like dive into like individual survivors that we want to celebrate, I just want to give the the floor over one last, you know, if anybody wants to add anything to this, like LGBTQ survivor community as a whole. Yeah. yeah. I, I just want to throw in just based off of what you said, because it's been on my mind with what a few folks have said. And you you just referenced Bryce Grace. And I always think of Bryce um, and his wonderful Purple Pants podcast and just how he talks about, you know, as a black gay man growing into who he is each and every day. And unfortunately, not really having the ability to see himself represented and so not having a model for like this is what being a black gay man looks like at this point in my life like when I turn 40 or when I you know whatever and I think looking at reality tv and at Survivor specifically it's great it's at least for me it's been so powerful to see different ways that I could be even if we haven't always had that same one-to-one representation in different places and the other thing I want to point to that that you are pointing out grace is just like there are all of these different traumas and struggles and things that we have to face and so to see us turn those into superpowers like oh i've had to navigate and be in the closet in xyz ways and like just for my safety and so now in a setting like survivor i'm able to navigate and use those same skills that maybe were to my detriment to be a winner of survivor and to succeed in that way. And so I do think it's really beautiful that like we are able to look to some of the things that might've been, you know, 
for darker reasons, some of the skills we've developed for darker reasons and use them as superpowers. And so it's like turning the narrative on its head. Yeah. Can I jump in and just say like, we're talking about representation, but with that comes visibility. And then something that Naomi and I are also passionate about as bisexual storytellers, uh, the people behind the scenes, like who's telling those stories, because that's also just as important because they know what it's like to live in the shoes of the people they're representing that are on camera. Um, so uh, diversity, equity, inclusion is multiple aspects. It's not just adding more people to the cast. It's putting in initiatives to create safer environments for them with people behind the scenes, with uh, like people who know how to tell their stories um, and for vi- like making the stories visible to audiences. It's like one thing if you have someone of a certain minority group but it's another thing to tell that story and show people in america who might identify with them that this is someone out there that they can connect to yeah i think at the end of today's conversation we're going to chat i think about and and i i want to give people here uh the voice to it and also uh, folks will be hearing from folks who weren't able to join us live uh today as you're recording about you know what is the message we want to give to you uh, future survivor players and future uh, in the production uh a team of 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 survivor and i think that's a great point um we'll get to that let's take uh, a quick ad break uh we come back we will chat through some more lgbtq and survivor it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everyone. We're back. Continuing the conversation about, um, about Survivor and queerness. And, um, you know, really, I think what's so powerful... And, you know, we've talked a little bit and we'll talk more about representation behind the scenes, but thinking about the representation on the show, I know all of us, um, Ariel, Grace, April, Felipe, Naomi, Aaron have had people who resonate with us for different reasons. And so I just kind of want to, want to go around the horn a little bit. That's the thing that people do and say, um, to, it's a baseball to find term, out. Yeah. 
Oh, <laughs> sports. Um, sports. Not me personally, but look, yes, yeah, sports. Uh, and speaking of uh, good sports, Naomi, do you want to, I don't know, do you want to talk about, like, is there anyone who's resonated with you, especially in your survivor journey? Anyone you want to celebrate in the spirit of this series? Absolutely. Well, I, uh, I got some previews from Grace about some of the people that were going to be on, but the, I, I jumped out of my chair when I saw that you guys interviewed Amy and it was so, did so exciting. Yeah. yeah. Abby did such a good job to yeah. get that interview was thrilling. And I listened to it and I really think that there's something beautiful about Amy. Um, I think one is the, idea that Amy was like, I'm just going to be who I am. And that is who you're going to get on the screen. Is it a huge deal to me? No. Is it the most important part of me? No. But it is definitely who I am. And I always really loved Amy when I was watching both of her seasons. A fun, not so fun fact is Amy is the only LGBTQIA woman to come back and play another season of Survivor. No other queer woman has come back and played Survivor. Right. Which is a little bonkers and I think could be very easily rectified. Um, but on top of all this to me, like the Amy kiss thing, I think uh, speaks so much to, I think what the two thousands experience is like, because mm-hmm. it's advertised, it's shown off. Oh my God, women kissing. Like it, it, we all vaguely have horrible, horrible memories of Tila Tequila shot at love. Right. And I think yeah, that right. for, yeah. for her, so long it was this idea of like, well, two women kissing is is cute and hot, but on CBS they're not gonna show it. And they're actually not gonna show it. And that at the end of the day, I think summarizes uh what we are constantly up against, which is this idea of like, well, you can be interesting uh as a fetish, but you can't be interesting as human beings. And I love that Amy is still herself, and I love that you know, it, over time survivor has changed and we have gotten queer kisses on the family visit because those relationships are so important and so worth sharing. Um, but I think it is just this microcosm that she went through and the way that she talked about it on the podcast where she was saying, well, my whole family was watching and I was so anxious. I feel so connected to that because the anxiety of like having to officially come out to my family, uh, spoiler alert, I have not. Like my little brother knows and like that's mm. about it. And part of it is because I don't need my parents to know who I would or would not be swiping on Tinder. Uh, and part of it is, uh, I think a lot of bisexual people can relate to being in a like heterosexual presenting relationship and saying yeah. like, well, you know yeah. what? I'm, I'm taking the back seat here. But the bigger thing is when Amy was talking about like my, you know, millions of people are watching and my family is watching. This moment's about to happen. I, you know, that I felt the anxiety for her. And so it, the interview was fantastic. Everyone needs to go listen to it. But it, it was such a reminder of like, even uh, this feeling is so pertinent. And it, I think it carries on because uh, obviously I have a podcast called Mike White's Rob. I love Mike White. And I remember people were like, oh, Mike is so awkward on the family visit. And, you know, Mike is a bisexual man. And I, I relate to just like the feeling of awkwardness of being like, yeah, I don't really know what to do. People are going to watch this. And like, I'm very anxious about presenting myself as something or, or being very open. And that's why I love uh, this opportunity and, and people like Evie and Amy and 
everyone who comes out and says, I'm going to be extremely authentically myself. And it reminds me that like, you can still be very happy and not be so anxious about being extremely open with who you are. And that's what I, I love about yeah. Survivor. I, yeah. I, I was, uh, I love this last season. There's a, a deleted scene. I think it's a, a, an extra scene from Survivor 42 with Romeo coming out, right? It wasn't on the show. It was in a deleted scene, I believe. Yes, that's um, and I get really annoyed that there was like this, like, you know, I probably, you know, we're overestimate how many people are like, you know, is it like a Twitter mob? But like, it felt like there was this Twitter mob that's like, uh, duh, uh, obviously he's, and I was just like, come on, like, A, you're like diminishing yeah. the experience of like how hard it is to come out. And I know that like, uh, I'll shout out Brooklyn Zed, who can be, yeah. I think is going to send in a clip, always makes this joke about how oh, straight yeah. people love to be like, you came out, you're so brave. How brave? You're so brave. But it's just like, <laughs> could you just make society easier? And, I, and then it doesn't have to be a brave thing to come out. Just make society yeah. better and more like, you know, less heteronormative. Um, but I feel like that was such a, of like people being like, uh, so diminishing of like how it actually does. Like I do, often will tell people if they come, if they like tell me that they came out to someone, like, that's awesome. It takes a lot of courage. It's literally one of the scariest things you can do as a queer person. Even if you're 99% sure that that person will still love you, there is a 1% chance that they will disown you and never talk to you again. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like absolutely terrifying. And so Remy is not only like doing this in like a game where he's worried that it's going to affect his like social standing. He is also thinking he's doing it in front of millions of, he is doing it in front of like, uh, people who, people who will watch this at home and watch it later. Um, and then also when you say like, duh, we knew you're just playing into like stereotypes. Like, you know, like uh, the whole point is that like, if you, if queer liberation will be more liberating for straight people too, cause like you can play with gender, you can play with like, you know, all of this stuff. It'll be like society will be more fun for you if you make it more queer. I promise. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah and this. Oh, sorry, Aaron. I just want to say, Romeo also mentions that, like, it wasn't his direct family, it was his outer family. Yeah. I think, that, you yeah. know, like, the, the sort of, yeah. you know, your aunts, your uncles, your uncles, whoever, your yeah. second cousins. And that's really hard. I think your yeah, family yeah. is your family, and you know them pretty well, but, like, how, how are your aunts and uncles and whoever, you know, and that, I think, is such a difficult part of the queer experience, is saying, like, okay, I think I have an idea of how my mom's going to react, but what about, you know, the rest of my family? And it's very, very frightening. And, you know, I think people discount that a lot. And Romeo was incredible and such a, a great figure and uh, made his final four immunity win go on in, in like the be hung up in the rafters of the survivor like stadium. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Something I want to throw in there too, just to add to that. And it, you just make me think about like the importance of intersectionality with all of this, because family means so many different things, especially in different cultures, but yeah. um, you know, to different people. And so that might mean one thing in his context of family where, and we hear some of these accounts in like, I think of Lirsa's interview and that conversation and Lirsa's story of like having to come out to her dad who like knew that she was not straight, but like how she was like forced into that position. And so it's, it's really fascinating, but I love the diversity of this panel too, so that we could kind of talk about some of those things. And I know Aaron, you were about to jump in with something, something too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful for, um, being able to see multiple queer perspectives, especially on season 42, you know, we've had, have, we've had seasons where we've had more than one um, queer person on there, but I feel like it was really highlighted last season. Um, 
you know, with, with high being completely out and just, you know, living his best life. And then I resonated a lot with, with Romeo because, you know, he's in a situation where it's like, you know, it's in a, he lives in an environment where it may be dangerous to come out. There's a lot of questions and, you know, especially, you know, growing up with family and, you know, my <laughs> mom in the next room, <laughs> lower my voice here, you know, like, but watching a show and like seeing, um, queer people on there and hearing, you know, my family make comments about them when I haven't come out to them yet. And it's sort of like, you know, do, do I want to, you know, I'm not to like a lot of people out there, you know, maybe my mom, but anyway, um, I, I really connected with, with being able to see both Romeo and Hyde because I feel like, um, a lot of queer reality TV representation, it's like, it's just everybody's like, they take the whatever you are and then push it up to like a thousand. And like, that's what everybody is supposed to be like when that's not really even the case. And there, there's so much of a spectrum and so many different types of experiences. They are, and, um, you know, there also is the possibility of, of, um, our sexuality changing over time in life. There could be things right. that we may not have known when we were younger that we do when we're older and then having to come out again. So um, that's also another facet of people assuming, oh yeah, I already knew that. Um, might not be the case, you know, 20 years from now, you you, you never know. So um, it's really cool seeing that. Uh, I think the out. thing too, that Naomi is talking about like Amy and like the people who are like so authentically themselves and chose to do that, that I think like, uh, you know, I think a question I, I'll get asked from like straight people sometimes is like, when did you come out? And it's like, uh, I, you know, uh, like 10 minutes ago, cause I like went to the store and like, uh, my, you know, I didn't feel like my identity totally matched my ID. And so I had to like figure, you know, and then like uh, a month ago and I was like trying to buy a, I was on a date and I was like, you know, uh, like, do you want separate bills? You're like, I actually I'll get, you know, like all the time I come out all the time. Like, yeah, I've had like the big coming out moments, but like you also have these little coming out moments all the time when like, people don't because people assume your sexuality and then if like when you're it's like oh do i actually tell do i want to tell you right now and like i think the thing that like survivorship is that like uh a i think there's two things here is like you don't you really don't have control over like what because like the show wants to use that um i think april i mean it might be a good time to talk about like if we're talking about like coming out and when you get to choose to coming out uh we obviously uh was very fortunate evie had a conversation with zeke uh, uh, on, on episode two, which like, I was so excited that Zeke was willing to join. I know Zeke has like a, uh, a, a fraught relationship with Survivor at the moment, but like, I know the transfer person, like that moment, like changed my relationship with the shit, changed my relationship with like how I viewed transness in the, in the world. I know Zeke is somebody that like you were interested in like chatting about, uh, if you want to chat about Zeke and celebrating Zeke. Yeah, it's, it's the same. And like, one of the things about coming out is I have had to come out multiple times to the same people because (laughs) you know i'm queer i'm non-binary i'm trans i'm polyamorous it's like right keeping track of who knows what about me is like a whole thing (laughs) yeah so but yeah it was it was really interesting um getting to see zeke um because i was i knew 
my gender was a thing, but I didn't really have the words for it. I didn't really have good examples of it. Um, and like, I, 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 you know, I had Google, but like, I hadn't seen a trans person really. Um, I just had these feelings inside of me and like to see somebody represented on screen on what was at the time my favorite show. And it's just like, it meant so much to just be able to be like, this is like a possibility for me. Like I can actually just be myself in a way that I didn't know I could before. Um, it was, it was a big moment. Um, also for a lot of reasons, a, a really heartbreaking moment. I, I definitely cried that night for multiple reasons. Um, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it yeah. was a lot. Um, and so, yeah, like we talk about representation. It's like, it's, it's the difference between, you know, me being who I am today and not. It's like, is seeing people like me on screen. I think it's really especially important for trans people um, because there's not a ton of trans visibility in popular media. And so yeah. getting to see people being genuinely authentically trans and like just be normal people. Like that wasn't Zeke's story until the moment it was. Zeke was just like anybody else, just a regular person. And that's all trans people are is regular people just trying to live their lives. And um I just, you know, I I feel for like I was in my twenties, I think then, maybe even in my thirties. Um math is hard. I'm not doing math right now. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but like I, I went decades of my life without having the the frame of reference for my own identity and being able to see people like me in just normal mainstream media is is so incredibly powerful. And so um, I'm really glad that that has happened and it has um continue to happen and it seems like it's uh going to be happening with more frequency i think we might be getting into there but it's uh it's it's very important to be able to see um all kinds of representation um and i'm very excited to see who who comes next i know i know Ebby. uh this the thing of like uh, when the cast list came out like using they them pronouns although did not like there's this thing about like didn't actually use them out on the island and figured that out but like that exciting moment of being like Holy crap! There's someone with they them pronouns. Uh, yeah, who's going to be on the show? So very yeah, it was very exciting, especially because like my name is Evan, and so it's like, oh, someone right. named Ev who uses they them pronouns, and it's right. a giant dork. It's like it's it's literally me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, and I think the, another thing I just wanted to underscore before passing it off to someone else is just that, like, even as someone who's not trans, that representation means so much for me personally i'm sure that a lot of people could relate to this just from the perspective of one i mean helping to understand like what is my identity in the grand scheme of things and seeing just how different people live and different identities show up is great for all of us to uh, better understand ourselves and also be uh better allies um again uh as we like to say the a in lgbtqia plus does not stand for ally um but um i actually just wanted to kind of throw it over to you ariel for your thoughts in the conversation 
Yes, A also does not stand for Ariel. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm so struck by um, April specifically speaking about, and other people have touched on it too, like a certain level of knowledge that we have to acquire, that we have had to acquire ourselves in places that we weren't expecting in places that we, because we had nowhere to turn to, right? Like, like April said, we had Google, which is, a mixed bag at best. And we have, you know, but what we do have and what um, we have our community, right? But you have to learn that. Like I was, I was thinking about it today, like even just saying happy pride to people. I remember the first time I heard that I was like, wait, that's a, so it's like Merry Christmas. Like, what's the thing? Like, what are we doing? I just, oh, that's great. Happy, happy pride. Like, am I doing it right? Um, it's incredible. It's, it's, and it's so beautiful. And like, and then like you think about, like the, you know, again, like the onus being on us to like learn about ourselves because we have such limited resources, but like that, that's why it's so important for like representation and for other people, for straight people or for non-queer people to learn about these things because they even know less than we do in a sense, because they don't have these, you know, feelings, they have relatable feelings and they have like things that, that, that they can uh, make analogies for. But like, but even Google or TV shows are, I don't know. I think I've told, I've made this reference to you a couple of like, it would be like, uh, did you watch like uh, Will and Grace's kids? Like, no, I didn't want to think I was gay. Like, yeah. no, I didn't watch yeah. that. So like, yes, you know, because like, it's the I, same I, thing. I was, I'm, not yeah. Google, I'm not Googling. Am I gay on my, on the thing? My parents oh, no. are like, yep. just, yep. you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It happened to me. It happens. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, and one of the people that I that I wanted to to speak about was uh, Brandon from from season three, uh, Africa. And, you know, obviously, and I I think if I'm remembering correctly, season one had aired. But by the time when they were record, uh, when they were filming season three, I don't think season two had been out yet. So they only had season one. Um, And so Brandon comes out or excuse me, Brandon goes on the show and um, is completely himself, right? Is just, you know, out is totally fine. Even, and the, the reason I thought of him and what sticks out to me in my mind is him saying in one of the confessionals, I'm gay. Like I've been gay in my life for a long time. Like I'm kind of over that or, or rather like I'm past that. That's not a thing that I like I'm struggling with anymore. But mentioning that because in the context of this show, it is a thing that he knows he's going to have to grapple with. And like, you know, to Naomi's point before about like so much of early reality TV or a queer reality TV representation being like the white bitchy gay man and Brandon having to struggle with like, from my perspective, obviously this isn't something that that he spoke about, but I also think of like how he speaks about the show in, um, in the talking with T-Bird episode that he did a couple of years ago of like, now you kind of have to decide, am I going to be the Richard? Is that going to be better for me? Is that going to get me on TV more? Like there are all these things that come into play that aren't even about necessarily the game, but you have to think about, you want to do well, you want to be, you know, like uh, respectful to your community, but also you're like, I want to win. Like I want to be on TV. I want these people to see me. So it's just so fascinating to me of like, okay, Brandon's not living a secret, but you know, now on this show, he has to like navigate this very, very nuanced, complicated thing that like arguably nobody else on that season had to. Yeah. Yeah. And it, one thing it, it kind of, all this sparks for me because I'm thinking back to watching 
survivor and watching this different representation and it you know as like a young black bisexual person we have so many bisexuals on this panel we need to shout out shout out to yeah my, my this is the thing i, I didn't even yeah, know, I know. so many um but the I, erasure I think, like, cannot happen today the erasure is not happening today the nope. visibility is there um but i you know something i i um you know especially as a like black person black boy growing up watching these shows it was interesting because like it wasn't necessarily that i would gravitate to like the queer player especially as i figured out my own sexuality or even like the black player, it was hard to find like who was the person that represented me and my identities. And again, like I keep coming back to intersectionality because like it's, it's only really been in these really recent seasons where I've been like, damn, I feel really represented. And like, I think that's one of the reasons other than that he's a phenomenal person that I love Bryce, but even on the show, like we didn't get the, Bryce that we know and he talks about that and it's like this weird phenomenon of like I know who this person is and I do not recognize them on the show because they really didn't feel the ability to like fully show up as themselves in the constraints of the show in the constraints of what that would mean for their game and we saw that that obviously didn't work for Bryce in his game now he's been able to show up fully outside of that and that's been really beautiful and powerful and we've seen him blossom but and I I mentioned this because I think of you Felipe like we've talked about the power of representation and you know especially when it comes to people of color and you know i'm so curious who you want to shout out in this conversation um whether or not they're people of color not to put i don't want to put you in a box yeah i'm actually going to talk about some white people no um, <laughs> there, there are i feel like um i mean i feel like there are multiple uh road markers in my survivor fandom where i'm like okay uh there were not at the time they were out, but two Latino queer people on the I2 tribe, um, Ozzy being bisexual, like when he came out, that was really exciting for me, uh, just to see that. Um, and then and like, for Bryce, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very exciting for Bryce. Um, yep. <laughs> but then even like seeing someone like Spencer on Survivor Token Jeans or, uh, that moment with Brett and Zeke, then seeing Lyrsa and Mike White both on the same season, but, um, all those were different important moments for me but i think season 41 and 42 have been incredible for me in this experience of watching two different queer latino men play survivor and have different stories like ricard was this hyper strategic uh very like secure in who he was person at least that's what it felt like and watching ricard was such a monumental experience for me just seeing this like very proud confident queer latino man um and then who Rosie also i think time. i just want to say about ricard also there's this whole, that i was like uh he was having a child with a tr- with a trans man they're having a baby yeah. and i was like i've never seen that on t- i don't feel like i've seen that on tv other than like some like tlc show that's like isn't that you know yeah, feel like we're very concept, like yeah. uh, uh ripley's believe it or not you know like i was like holy like genuine love they're having a baby it's such like a they're a queer it's really great. I'm going to give you a big mic drop moment here. Next week, Ebby is interviewing Ricard for the final. final Ooh, boom! Drop the yeah. Mic. Boom. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, Ricard. Watching him on the season, and then I met him at Bryson Wendell's finale, and I just was like gushing about how much it meant for me to see his story. And then even Romeo, right after 
another queer Latino man. And we talked a lot about his story and like the intersectionality between like what it means to be Latino. And I know a lot of Latino cultures have a big religious background, like Catholicism was a big thing in the colonization um, of Latino people. Um, and just seeing two different stories, Romeo's still figuring himself out, still finding his self-confidence, but that's still relevant to like the experiences that I had. And maybe Ricard was at that place one day in his past as well. So it's just really cool to see two different sides of the same identity, a uh, queer Latino man and two different stories. And that's why visibility is important just to go back to that uh, statement. Um, and then quickly, like before we move on, I do want to shout out Bill Posley's YouTube channel. He was mm. on One World real briefly and he came out as bisexual later and he has some really funny and important like sketches that are like three minutes long about what it means to be bisexual and it's kind of social commentary on that. And I just wanted to highlight that because that discovering those was like also helpful for me. That's awesome. Aaron, I know you talked about Rafe a little bit earlier. Was there anybody else you'd want to shout out, celebrate? Um yeah, I, I did um to to actually to bounce off of uh Felipe, yeah, seeing seeing multiple which I didn't even know at the time, um where people in, in Cook Islands in um people like Brad and JP. And I also wanted to shout out um Scout yes. from Vanuatu. Um seeing her and Amy's interactions, which which are still legendary to me, uh, especially in their in their voting uh <laughs> confessionals. Yeah. Um you know, um, just being able to see all of the different parts of, of the rainbow as, as, um, they would put it. And, uh, yeah, I, I want to shout them out. It's wild though. How many people there are to shout out? Like, I'm like, we haven't even talked about Todd Herzog from one of my favorite seasons, Survivor China. Like, we could literally list out so many amazing people. Josh and Reed um, as well. Like, I want to. Oh like, yeah, well. that's right. Like, I think Positive of I, Josh and Reed. I think of like even Lydia on this season, this past season. Um, Jeannie. Like, we could just hi, go down. Just hi, people. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. of course yeah and it, it and it's cool that we have all these examples and i think the thing that i love and i think of this with lydia in particular is that you know when we talk about diversity in our identities like there are just so many i mean there's like our sexual orientation and like race and ethnicity and all of those things and where we've been but I just like to be like you can have like the cool queer person or like the nerdy queer person or the awkward one or like and it's cool to see that we have the ability to not just be like snarky and quick and like whatever the stereotypes might have been closer like to like 20 years ago than they are now so Matt's now going to tell us each what type of queer we are. <laughs> Which type uh, of Grace, we I'm going to give you the... Yep. No! The sorting hat. Grace I'm going to drag course. you all. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but Felipe? Yeah, uh, you mentioned Lydia and a lot of her story on 42 was about body positivity. Totally. Um, and like that's something that does harm the queer community Like because I think, I don't know, it's just something that is maybe discussed, maybe not in my circle. It's definitely like affected me as a bigger person. And that's another reason why I wanted to shout out the Brett and Zeke moment, because it's like, Oh, these two bears are having this conversation about what it means to be gay. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty awesome. Like that made me feel like, cause survivor had cast 
people of multiple different body sizes before in the queer community. But I feel like this was a moment, the first moment that it was really celebrated. Yeah, we haven't celebrated Papa Bear yet. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot Papa Bear. Oh, so Dawn. 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 So Dawn. Nice. It's incredible. Like he showed up to a park for a fake survivor game and was just like, wow. was, was interested in the game. You know what I mean? Uh, he's like one of the nicest people. Papa Bear, if you're listening, reach out to ID. We need to, I want to hear from you next week. Please reach out to Yeah, me. talking with people <laughs> yeah. with Papa Bear. Yeah. Also, Natalie Bolton. Natalie Bolton. There's a Kobe. Yeah. We talked about Kobe at either. Uh, final tribal council question ever. Question yeah. Mark. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like part of this too that I think about is because you mentioned Papa Bear showing up in the park, which is great. Um, but I also think of Bryce, Bryce, um, and actually probably a bunch of queer players have been part of these like live reality games. Bryce did Survivor Philadelphia, um, along with Wendell. And, you know, I do think there's something beautiful and maybe there's something there about the fact that like so many of us know what it's like to be on the outskirts of a community or not really have a community or not have a family in the traditional sense where we've had to form these like chosen families and chosen communities and i mean you know what coming I, out as a survivor fan is not yeah that different than coming, <laughs> there's a while where it's really not that not. different than coming out that's like, what i'm saying so like i maybe watch survivor and they're like, that's still on yeah i know it's it's just it's exactly the same especially um, my shame yeah. of like watching everything at once coming back to work was like uh i got into survivor and then you have to oh, wait uh, <laughs> How do you meet your friends? Like, oh, through Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> we're, but we're like we're amazing at like being supportive of people who might not feel seen or might feel like on the outside and yes there are issues of like in- inclusion within our own community to the point yeah. where many of us have not felt like part of the community Bryce talks about this a bit in the um in his interview but I just Oh, I just love that we're like willing to support each other and bring each other here. And you're all so awesome. Let me just make this about that. Everyone's hear me talk about how great everyone is on the podcast. This is all, every one of these pods ends with the, <laughs> all the people on the podcast being like, no, you're great. No, you're great. No, you're, you're great. great, Grace. So, yeah. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think like, uh, I think the thing that has come up a lot today is that um, Survivor, queerness has been a part of Survivor from season one, but um, you know, that it was very much the same type. It was very much like, you know, very stereotyped, uh, the sort of like sassy uh, gay man, white man in particular. Um, but I think like, you know, we talked a lot about like there's one of the things when we were chatting about 
who we were going to reach out to do interviews. Like it felt so hard to be like, we, we only had like six interview spots that we could do and be like, yeah, but there's so many people, especially new queer players um, that like, you know, I want even in celebrating here. I like that scene that Jackson has in episode one of season 42 of just like the rebuilding the relationship with his parents was like so meaningful to me to be able to like see that on TV. And it was like so relatable in terms of like my parents have been tremendous, but like it has been like a thing to like that we've had to like sort of work on a bit in terms of like it wasn't the easiest thing for them to come to terms with until eventually like you know, it just, they had to realize this was my reality and who I am. And like, we're good now. They're great. They're tremendous. Um, and, uh, but season 41, season 42, I think on the back of the diversity campaign, um, has really like, you know, this is like a rising tide raises all boats thing where like, yeah, there are more, uh, queer people on these seasons than ever. And I hope that that really, uh, continues. Um, but I'd maybe like to like, you know, take this time for us to like, chat about you know if we're speaking to future survivor players or uh survivor production like um what do we what do we want to see what are where are they still not like total and not to the survivor players i think the message of survivor players i think you know we'll get there but like yeah the different message of survivor players than i think to production so uh maybe we'll chat with like what do we want to see on the show moving forward um if i can jump in yeah. real quick uh i think they're in a great trajectory in terms like even before the diversity initiative i feel like we were seeing a lot more different queer stories like even 38 had ron and aurora 39 had missy elaine uh vince so i feel like we like the and i think last season had five people that were in the queer community um so like we're getting a lot more representation which is awesome on camera just everything that i mentioned earlier about like people behind the scenes uh like having someone uh, like if you have a trans contestant, have like some people who are trans, like in the producer roles or like even camera people, like just like I would want Latino people involved for like Latino stories, um, just people on set. And then also in the editing room specifically, like people who have power to craft the story and not put people in like stereotypes without even realizing it. People who are part of the community that can help elevate these stories and tell it the best way possible. So just have more people both on in front of the camera and behind the scenes. I think uh, they really need to have um, somebody who's non-binary at the time of filming on the show. I think that is huge. I would love it if they had more than one on the same season so that the people out there didn't feel like they were like a token othered person. Um, and also, I think there's still a, um, a big hole for uh, trans femme rep. We've had a, a few trans contestants, but we have not had a, a trans femme contestant, uh, at least one that's out invisible. So um, I think there's still, you know, for me specifically, some of my communities, they're still underrepresented. And I think there's uh, a great opportunity for Survivor to address that. Yeah. yeah. Naomi. Naomi. Um, so I, uh, Philippe and I both work in television and I have worked in the like docu-reality landscape for for many years now um, and I've never worked as a producer but I I've met and seen a lot of fabulous producers out there and producers come from every background and post producers and post supervisors and editors come from every background they're absolutely out there and I think that what we as survivor fans can look forward to in the future you can say okay well we're, we're really hitting this amazing diversity casting initiative the next step is the people who work on Survivor, because I think Z 
Zeke mentioned it, and uh, it's it's so important to have to feel like there's somebody in your corner on the other side of production. Because when you're alone on an island and you are fighting for not only your life in the game, but also fighting to feel like you're a human being, to see nobody who can relate to you on the other side of things, I think is is extremely isolating. And I think it goes back to not only being queer, but being a person of color. I, you know, we have seen photos of the survivor editing room before, right? And that just goes back to this idea of like, we have these archetypes of, of queer people. Where do they come from? It comes from somebody's perception. Somebody writes the story. Somebody gets the transcripts of hours and hours of footage and creates a storyline out of it. And if it's not a queer person, if it's not a person who can relate to the storyline, in some ways, they're doing them an injustice. And, and I feel very strongly that uh, we need to not only support diversity on the show, but diversity behind the scenes, because it will make the final product feel so much more alive and so much more like we are accurately telling people's stories. Um, I mean, I think we can all think of many instances where Survivor just plays into stereotypes about like non-white people, non-white queer people. And it's because no, you know, Jeff Probst and Mark Burnett are not going to go and be like, you know what? I think it's actually insensitive to this community because they don't fucking know. Then, you know, we still love them. They're still making our TV show. But that's what a producer's role is for, is to guide the story and assist in telling what is being put on the screen. And you need to, these people are doing so much. Contestants on Survivor are giving up, like, their anonymity. They're giving up their ability to, like, just live in the universe. And to me, we have to do, uh, and also they're giving up their mental health, certainly, for, like, 26 to 39 days. And it, it is on and more, I think. And, 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 <laughs> and, uh, a yeah. lot more, yeah. yeah. Onwards, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think to, to that point, if I could segue off of that, I know that like this is, you know, Zeke feels like there potentially is a, uh, you know, we're at a moment in the show where like, is it actually super like the best thing for like a trans woman to go on the show? Would say no. Uh, so to me, I think that like that is a very important uh, thing of like, you know. Uh, I would encourage everybody, like if you've, if you've listened to these people, uh, these past few weeks, the folks here joined us today, the folks you're going to hear from, uh, next week, Ricard, but then also all these other folks that we asked us to make clips. I'm very excited. It's the other part of next week's show is that you're going to hear from a bunch of LGBTQ, uh, survivors who we didn't interview, but we asked to, uh, lend their voice to this project. Um, send those people some love because, uh, uh, they're, you know, like there's one way and there's like a lot of people say like, yeah, but you got to go on a reality show. For a lot of us, this would be like a dream. It's not my dream, uh, but for a lot of people, it is their dream to like get to go and play Survivor. And uh, in some ways that feels like, yeah, you got to play this game. Um, but I think that's like missing a lot of context in terms of like to Naomi's point, like what you give up to go and play um, this game. Um, and these are real people. And I think that they're, you know, in the same way, like, I don't say this, this next thing to be like, oh, woe is, is me to like queer people. I say it because like, I want to live in a world that is like, is not as challenging is, is not, uh, there are things that I think about every day that I, I just like would say to that a straight cis person doesn't have to think about, uh, in ways that like, man, you as a black person, I, I don't have to think about, you know, I'm white. So yeah. there's lots of ways in which like I navigate yeah. the world and I have privilege uh, in a way that, that you don't. Uh, and so I say that in terms of like, mm-hmm. I can hold privilege by being white and, and then not have privilege because I'm, I'm trans and to navigate that world. And then to go onto this reality show. Like, I think that like, um, I just like, I think that we, you know, I, in Bryce's interview, I love the conversation about like, what am I going to wear? Cause it's now I'm reflecting like to be the first openly gay 
black man on the show, mm-hmm. I now have to like represent that. And that's like a, something that like when you're like just the white guy goes on the show, you don't really have to think about that. You're like representing a whole a whole community. Um, and so, again, I don't mean to say it as like, whoa, whoa is us, but just like queer people are awesome because they like uh, they again, we have like a skill set that has been like necessitated because society isn't exactly built for us. So um, mm. I, I want Survivor to be cognizant of that. And again, the thing I say a lot is that like, and I, I remember I did a podcast a few weeks ago with somebody and I was kind of explaining like, yeah, I think that these anti-trans sports bills are going to hurt cis people. And the person was like, I agree with you. I also think it's not maybe the way we should be ex- exactly looking at like, oh no, it's also going to hurt cis people. Like we should just like have the humanity for queer and trans people. Um, but right. at the same time, I do think like rising tide raises all boats and like the support that should be there for like, a, a, if we're going to have like a trans woman on the show to be able to like come out of that experience feeling like that was good and worthwhile. And I, I grew from it. And I, I, you know, all the things that need to be like managed from like making sure you talk to someone after that thing that should be there for every contestant, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I, the thing I would just add to that too, that this makes me think about when I think about the future of the show is that there's so much weight on, you know, on queer people on these shows. And then, you know, and and there are also weights for other communities under underrepresented or other marginalized quote unquote communities. Right. And I think that something that's really that I would love to see. And I hope that, CBS and others are listening is like don't put the weight on this on Zeke don't put this on Bryce don't put the weight on like on that person I you know and I like Grace you'll you'll join me once in a while to cover pro wrestling and I feel like you know there's like something I think about with pro wrestling oftentimes is like they're afraid to well one there's a lot actually we could say about that we're not even going to go there but like the parallel i see with survivor is that they're afraid to like take a stand and say here's who we support here's who we believe in and with survivor i think there's a fear of alienating um like people who are homophobic and transphobic and all these other isms and obias and by not just saying like by putting the come on in guys conversation on Ricard, who received a lot of hate, as opposed to saying, this is just the thing we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. This is why it's important. Let us educate you about why this matters. It takes the heat off of someone like Ricard and instead just makes it so that this franchise of Survivor says, here's what we believe in. It's not because we have a bunch of people of color on our cast who are doing this. We actually believe these things. Now, are they there? Do they actually believe those things? Are they willing to stand for those things? That's another question, but I do think that it should be on Survivor and the mechanisms around them to actually actively educate and take stands for these things um, that, you know, that we should believe, like, we should be more inclusive. We should believe that diversity is a great thing. We should believe that there's, that, that no group is just a monolith. And there, I, I wish they took more of a stand to say, those things more explicitly to educate a largely white, probably also largely straight beyond all of us audience. Yeah. Just like one last thing to add, like I don't want to put it on the contestants though. Like it's only something you should be comfortable sharing if you want to. And at the end of the day, your emotional and physical safety is the most important thing. Like if that's 100%. like, if there's any sure. future players listening to this, don't, like put your like do what you feel comfortable with because at the end of the day the show is gonna be there to tell a story that 
if you, they could, there's always ways they can like edit things that might not be the story you want out there. So just be cognizant of that. And if you feel comfortable, go be your fully authentic self. But also sometimes there are spaces where you have to step back and like, okay, this is a space I'm going to not share some certain information. And as much as you, we love the show Survivor, it is disheartening sometimes that they don't always have the emotional and physical well-being of their contestants in mind every single time that they make a season. Yeah, and I and it goes back to what you've been saying too, which is like we need diversity behind the scenes too, because so, you know I, I think sometimes there there's a need to like let's put out this story and let's put it out in a way that gets the ratings going um and all those things but then there's also just people who don't like they don't understand all the things that we're talking about which is why these conversations are important and it it does suck that like a lot of the people who need to hear this conversation will just skip over it without taking the time to to learn I'm, i'm curious does anyone else have hopes for the future for survivor or for the for 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 future players. So I many guess more intersectionality, like just to reemphasize, like Ricard was the first out Latino man on the show. Lisa was the first out Latina uh, lesbian on the show. Uh, I think Missy, some might need to fact check me. Missy was the first queer black woman, just like more intersectionality and how that affects that. I was kind of disappointed in a season with so many different uh, stories celebrated uh, on the show. Uh, that like Chanel didn't get a backstory, a package. Maybe she didn't want to share that, but she's been open about uh, her sexuality on like TikTok and social media. So I, I would have loved to seen like one of those little flashback packages that they do if she was comfortable with that being part of the show. Um, again, I don't know if that was something that she wasn't comfortable with. And that goes back to my previous point. Uh, physical and emotional safety is paramount. <laughs> Give us the all queer season, you cowards! <laughs> oh my gosh! If you yeah. haven't watched the Are You the One queer season, <laughs> that is queer pride. I want to. I want to live in that house. I would. Yeah. I just want to live in the Are oh You the gosh. One queer house. Yeah, queer summer camp. I'm. I'm in. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think that the the intersectionality pieces is, is important too. I think, like with Ricard too, one of the things I also left was like uh, he was like a. Uh, man who also had a disability like there's other there's like all of these like um i don't remember who so apologies i don't remember who put in their thing but like that uh we're able to just like see people like uh who have more dimensions than 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 one thing about them um which is like a thing i would love to continue uh, seeing is like yeah can you find like the queer person who like is unlike the other queer, the queer people we've seen on this show before um, as well. Um, because like, I think that there's a world in which like, I see this a lot with like uh, some, when I'm like watching a lot of queer media that like, yeah, to have like a pretty like flamboyant person on like a, you know, as like a character in a show that is like representation for somebody, but like the hope is like, yeah, again, that's like going back to visibility. Like I, I, we, I want there, I want everybody, the queer, like I know that's like an impossible task, but as much as possible, like every queer person to be able to like see themselves in somebody um, on TV. And it's like a lofty goal for, for survivor, but why not try it, you know? Uh, and, and then just for us as the cricket, again, like, again, I go back to like, how does this affect like <laughs> straight cis people? But like, yeah, uh, yeah, if they're like more diverse, then they'll, everybody will see representation of themselves. So 
Yeah. And, and I think it is very important for non-queer people to see queer people Agreed. in media as normal people yeah. who are just living yeah. their lives. I think, uh, especially in the trans community right now is under attack. There's a lot of anti-trans legislation. And I think a lot of the people who support that legislation have just never seen a trans person really that they know of. They don't talk to trans people. They don't, I, I think if you sit down and listen to trans people talk, or if you know one personally, it's really hard to get behind some of these legislative acts that are being pushed. Like you can't say like, Oh, that person doesn't deserve to use the bathroom. Right. Because trans people are just people. And so I think it's important, not just for the queer community, that there's good queer representation that everyday people can just see other everyday people on screen and realize that in a lot of ways, we're all the same and we all deserve the same rights. And uh, yeah, so I think it's very important. I yeah. would echo and, that for sure. I think acceptance, when you look at like acceptance rates of LGBTQ people go up like significantly when you've met an, an LGBTQ person, which like is a little unsurprising. And I was going to say like, yeah, feel free to DM me. I think if you got an hour 30 and <laughs> This pod, and you're like, we're not cool with yeah. me before. I'm not sure you're still listening, <laughs> but you know, worth a shot. DM me, I'll chat yeah. with you. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say maybe they didn't make it this far in just so, a hunch. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think the other piece of it too is that there's so much that's powerful about the journeys of these survivor players after they're on survivor. Like, one person I just wanted to give a shout out to is Jolanda Jones, who is from an, a very very early yeah. season. I think she was the first LGBT person on, or not first LGBT person, but first LGBT person of color on Survivor. Yes, thank and, you for correcting me. I mentioned, I said oh, earlier. Oh, no worries. Yeah. yeah, no, but I think that the, like beyond that, like she served on the, and maybe still serves on the Houston City Council. And so is able to like affect change in that way. And just even seeing her now, while she didn't have much, you know, much happening in her Survivor seasons in terms of like success in that way, as we've seen for many people of color and queer people for reasons we've probably touched on. Like the fact that we're able to look, you know, I'm able to look at her and say, oh my gosh, like here is a queer black woman who is also in elected office, who is a leader, who's able to affect change. And just seeing that impact that we could make, I actually talked about this a little with the Amy and Ty interviews in the intro and outro, but it's so powerful to see like the ability for us to make an impact and like bring this queer legacy of changing the world and being real world superheroes um, to like, I don't know, to like kind of having that overlap with Survivor is really cool. And so I, I just wanted to give that shout out. Yes. Orlando from 2008 to 2011 was a member of, of Houston City Council, but Ooh. last month, Delano became the first black member of the LGBT community to be elected to state legislator Woo! after winning a special election. So we love that. Uh, yeah, uh, Jolanda is a is a state representative. We for, could do anything. And we if you want anything. a stupid survivor fun fact, Jolanda oh. is the only woman to win an immunity on that season. So oh. we're black woman kicking well. ass. Shout out. There we go. Yeah, I mean, I, there's there's so much there. Did we miss anything in terms of the future? What the future needs to look like. I think we touched on a lot. This has been a really comp a pretty comprehensive conversation, but we probably could have had it for like five more hours. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I just want to say, like, 
this is so stupid to say out loud, but I feel like no. when people argue with like the representation thing, it's like representation is important because it is like representative of the general population. Like it's in the name. It is not like a, um, an artificial representation or like a manufactured representation. It is just a more equal representation. So I think that's like a, a fact that people kind of gloss over. Uh, certainly, obviously people who are thinking about that being a problem, you know, most of us do, do not agree with that. Um, but I think it's, it's a pretty easy thing to wrap your head around if you're trying. In my, in my humble opinion. And then, then there's also like, I love that point because there's also the world we want to build. And sometimes people will say, well, you know, this group only makes up this percent of the population. It's like, we don't need to have one-to-one parity on these shows. What we want to show is like the diversity of people. The great, And that's the thing. Great characters come with greater diversity great stories come with greater diversity it's like we don't want to see the same thing the same storyline manufactured time and time again and also like we all learn and we're all better for more stories of how people live whether that's based on like their identity in queerness or you know race and ethnicity or other ability or whatever that might be there's so much that we could kind of learn and grow from and like that's what makes the show better it's not that you know, there's a reason why so many of us speak so highly of 41 and 42 um, in the stories they're telling, which are actually original, which is surprising and kind of disappointing after 20 years. But it's great that we do have that diversity and like that's what keeps it fresh. And hopefully we continue to get more of it. Um, hopefully. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, just you mentioned that the Romeo scene was a deleted scene or like an extra like that's part of my frustrations with the current state of Survivor is that it's so twist focused that sometimes we lose out on a moment like that. And that's just, I think they have this incredible power. And I think that would have been some, I think that should have been on the main show. And then maybe something else could have been a secret scene, just the power of the audience. Cause not everyone's going to go look at those secret scenes. And if they are, it's the people who already are seeking that out. So just to have that on the show, I think would have been really cool. And, was a missed opportunity and an oversight. Yeah. Um, if uh, you're listening to this uh, pod or watching us on YouTube and you think we missed anything, uh, let us know. Hashtag the pride is spoken about like why you love survivor, what you think survivor could do in the future, uh, how you got into the show, why as an LGBTQ person um, you uh, love the show. Uh, and if you are an ally, let us know uh, what you thought of uh, today's uh, th- Thanks for listening. Cause I think like, again, I don't mean to be like, yeah, how does this help cis straight people but uh I, you know i do think we appreciate it when uh yeah taking the time to listen i know i've seen that feedback a lot that people feel like they're learning a lot from these series so um i think that's what we we are hoping to accomplish by letting uh i think for us to be able to connect with each other i'm so uh very happy that like there's seven of us on this uh on this call who uh all identify as part of the community uh it's been really cool and a very unique experience i've not had before um and so and hopefully people out there are like some stuff we said resonated with you uh, different people might have said it so that's great and then yeah to to like give some insight into our community uh, to people who are not necessarily a part of it um matt before we sign off do you want to say any any final words yeah and obviously folks we'll hear from some of the wonderful folks who couldn't join us live and in real time um so thank you so much just to everyone who's been part of this and yeah we're doing it together there's a long way to go 
Um, there's a lot of progress, but I'm glad that we kind of, I hope that, and I'm sure that if anyone's listening and hearing our voice at the end of this podcast, like hopefully we've been able to broaden your perspective on these things. Again, Grace mentioned hashtag the pride has spoken. I always love to also plug hashtag RHAP hashtag survivor just to like pollinate into those conversations. We're going to go with at that word. Rob and tell. Yeah. Yeah. At Rob and tell Make at Rob's Rob timeline. Sister, you know. Gayer is what I always, I say that on every podcast. Yeah. Turn yeah. it into a, ra- a rainbow timeline yeah. yes at rob Sesternino. tell him how much you love this and how much more you want to see more uh these types of conversations because they matter back to you grace no i uh thanks to ariel april felipe naomi aaron thank you so much for joining us um we'll be back in a week's time as i said we're gonna hear from ricard evie's gonna chat with ricard and uh we will also hear from uh the other survivors uh many other survivors lgbtq survivors um so i think that's it until next time Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, RHAP community. Gio Worthy here, coming to you from Providence Pride. Never thought anyone would want to hear from a disaster bisexual like myself, but thank you for anyone that finds value in this. Much appreciated. Um, I just want to extend a thank you to all of our wonderful members of the Survivor community, our LGBTQIA plus players that have played past, present, and future, and the fans that have supported them throughout the years. Your time in the show and your time supporting each other in the community has meant so much to me and many others like me and for any future players or current fans I just hope people remember that the thing that makes you different is the thing that people will remember you for and that people will be inspired by so thank you all so much again it is much appreciated and I can't wait to continue getting to know more of you and to see how else uh, our lives are enriched from being a part of such a wonderful community of people thank you Hey y'all, it's Kevin and Nigel, RHAP's most obnoxious queer couple in love. And we have a message for future LGBTQ survivor players. We want y'all to fall in love, showmance, hook up. We deserve gay romber as a community. Hell, I'll even take lesbian Keith and Whitney at this point. We may have already had Josh and Reed, but we deserve a love story that starts on the island. And who cares if it's not even true love? We can have our own version of fig tales. Representation matters, y'all. Now, we know there's a lot of pressure on future LGBTQ players, but we want you to get your flirt on. Yes, please get your flirt on. And even if you break up post-show, don't worry. We, Kevin and Nigel, will still always love you for it. Thank you to Matt and Grace for putting together this great and important series. Happy Pride Month, everyone. And remember, the queer stays queer. Adios. Hi, all. It's Beth Dixon from the RuPaul's Drag Race RHAP Wrap Ups. Um, I'm so excited to just send in a little message to celebrate Pride Month with you all. Uh, many thanks to Grace, Matt, and Evie for doing such a wonderful job with this podcast and highlighting uh, so many of the survivors that are part of the queer community. Know how much we love and appreciate you all um, for the visibility and representation you're providing us, and especially to the survivor castaways who either played a game on a national television show where they were out or came out on the show or came out after the show and were visible on their social media. All of that is so important, and it's just something that is saving lives, honestly. There's somebody at home who has never seen themselves on television and they connect with you. 
and there's somebody at home who is changing their mind and seeing a different face um, represent something that what was in their mind was so awful. That's powerful. And know that all of us are cheering you on and supporting you. There are going to be people who always want to tear you down. And there's going to be many more people, hopefully, who are going to show up and, and build you back up. I also just would like to say to production that I would love for us to continue this trend where we're not making the storyline all about just your queer identity. I want it to be known that people, when they play the game, yeah, that's a part of who they are, but it isn't all of who they are. And making sure that it's part of their arc of a story, it's part of who they are as a character on our television will make the gameplay more genuine and the story arc just so much more powerful. So happy Pride and have a wonderful day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.